podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guest would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. This is Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And today on the show, we have Richard Bitten. He is the CEO and co-founder of Revitize. Revitize is a one-stop shop for customer communication, lead gen, and reputation management. It allows you to leverage your happy customers and quickly acquire referrals, reviews, and repeat business. He previously founded Alpha Solar. He grew up in Idaho and started doing door-to-door sales at 15. He's a graduate of Brigham Young University and currently resides in Lehigh, Utah, a.k.a. the Silicon Slopes. Richard, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good to be here. Very cool. Yeah, we're very excited, Richard. You're leading this super fast-growing company in Revitize. I've known you for a little while now, and it's been very cool seeing that growth. If people want to learn more about what you're up to, they can visit Revitize.com. We'll also talk more about that at the end of the episode. But right now, you've got a, a new business idea that you are dying to share with our listeners. So let's kick things off. Tell us about a problem that you're seeing in the world today. Yeah. Um, So like I mentioned previously, I have about four or five ideas across all different levels. Uh, Some of them are more built for startup entrepreneurs, others for guys that uh, have more experience in the game. Um, Probably the one that I think would be most beneficial for the podcast would just be uh, just a residential window cleaning business. Uh, I think there is pretty massive opportunity here. I think it's a a convenience issue for most residential homeowners. Uh, Most of them don't want to spend their entire Saturday out on a ladder washing windows. Uh, In fact, I did that last Saturday myself and uh, it was miserable. I lost about four pounds because I was sweating so bad. I spent about three and a half hours doing it. And uh, let's be let's be clear here. We can see you on video. This is a skinny guy. He doesn't stand to lose any weight. <laughs> <laughs> I fluctuate. Give me give me a few months, and I'll be about twenty pounds more. So, um, so uh, yeah, I think uh, really it's a convenience thing. I think most homeowners don't want to spend their weekends doing it, um, and I think it, it's it's pretty dang profitable business uh, from the entrepreneur perspective, just because there's not not a lot of costs associated with uh, getting it going. So, Yeah. And I, I think this is a great idea. Sometimes on this episode, we were talking earlier, we on this podcast, we have ideas that are very big. And Richard, you've got those as well. We're, we talked about having you on here a second time, but I, I think it'd be beneficial to have ideas like this one where pretty much anyone can start. There's value out there It's um, and you can go grab it. So I would say also on that point, we kind of get disconnected a lot from the media we see around businesses from actual value generation. We see these huge businesses, billion dollar businesses like, you know, Twitter or even Tesla, which everybody admires as a great business. They're not profitable. (laughs) They're not making money. And there's it's yeah, it's hard to make a real connection to value. So this one is a great one. um, And it also complements your experience just as a young person creating businesses from scratch. And the fact that you understand them at a basic level is probably how you got to where you are today. Yeah. You were telling us before the episode that 
you got your start at the age of 15 doing door-to-door sales. And it sounded like that informed this idea a little bit. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, not sure why my parents let me move down to San Diego with my brother when I was 15. But uh, during the summer, I would go down. My brother owned a pest control company in San Diego called uh, Smart Pest Control. And yeah, went down for the summers. All my buddies were at basketball camp. I decided to go and make a little money instead. Uh, So I'm out there pounding doors with a bunch of 20-year-old guys or 20 to 25-year-old guys. Yeah, a couple of massive benefits. One, I learned how to, you know, really work from a young age. I was able to take a lot of rejection and learn how to handle that rejection. By the time I was 18, I was, you know, competing with guys that had five to 10 years of sales experience in the real world. Um, I served an LDS mission in Costa Rica for two years when I was 19. And uh, obviously, there's plenty of rejection that comes with that. So that, uh, that prepared me pretty drastically for that experience as well, knocking on doors. But um, I think that one of the big things was, yeah, it, that independent contractor mindset of I create my own results, I create my own success, uh, totally is what has driven me into starting my own business. I got home from my mission in Costa Rica, ran my brother's sales program. It was a door-to-door sales program. You know, we did a few million dollars in sales over the couple of years just in pest control, I'm just knocking doors. And I mean, if you can go out and pound... Uh, pound the pavement on a July day that's 110 degrees, you can do a lot of things. And uh, I think that that really, that creates a lot of confidence, but it also created awareness that there is a lot of money to be made in these industries. And that later evolved into my solar company where we had a residential focus, had about 36 sales guys on the doors going out in Vegas and here in Utah. And uh, I think we did just about four and a half million in sales in our first year with that venture. So and all door-to-door generated. We tried to take a little bit different approach. I think that industry has somewhat of a negative connotation to it. Um, so you just have to make sure that you're hiring high-character, trustworthy people. Um, you're putting the right product out there in front of people. But I, I love it because it's an independent contractor-type um, job. And uh, I, I think moving into the windows conversation, it's actually a much simpler value proposition. You can get those 16, 17, 18 year old kids out there. They can go make 20 to $25,000 over the course of a summer. Whereas if they go work it in and out, they're going to make eight or 9,000. Uh, they're, they're learning a lot of these ethics that are going to, to lead them to success later on in their life um, as well. And it's, it's you know, solving a lot of different problems as well. So, Yeah. Thinking about the, career arc that you've had thus far, it seems like you've just constantly layered these skills on top of each other. You learned a, a set of skills at the age of 15 about how to, uh, to handle rejection, to, uh, to knock on doors in a, in a way where you're adding value to people and they're not wanting to slam doors in your face, right? Th- those are skills that will stick with you for your life that will really have helped revitize. And it sounds like this idea that you're sharing with window washing would be a type of idea where people would develop those skills as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I think it takes, so I, th- I think there's a kind of a fundamental disconnect right now in that industry. So you have these window cleaners that are generally very blue collar focused. They're not marketing guys. They're not sales guys. They just want to go out and clean windows. So they throw ads on their local Craigslist or Facebook, whatever, trying to drum up jobs or they have a website, maybe they're putting a little money into SEO, but they don't, they're not marketing savvy people. 
generally speaking. There, there, I'm sure there's some exceptions to the rule there. Um, so I think it's about bridging that gap and getting the people that know marketing with the people that just want to go out and do their job and then making everybody's life a little bit better because uh, everybody's kind of in their happy place. Let's take a step back here and talk about the problem a little bit deeper. Personally, I've never paid for window washing, so it'd be helpful for me to hear about what are the type of customers who are looking for a service like this? How often do they purchase? Yeah, talk a little bit more about yeah, that. I've it, got an answer. Oh, go ahead. I'll interrupt. So I, I just I just bought a condo in Chicago. We've got this little building. It's three or four stories and maybe 30 units or something like this. And the windows are filthy on the outside. It's a cute little old building. And I literally had said earlier uh, to to my partner, like, okay, um, we should call the condo association and see if we can get some window cleaners in here and go out and do the exterior. I couldn't clean them because it would be dangerous. You'd fall out the window. I'd have to get a big ladder. But if somebody just has a ladder <laughs> or or even they want to go a little bit higher tech and have some sort of lift or something. But yeah, the ladder, a bucket of clean, soapy water, some good materials for washing and drying. It's pretty low overhead. And to have those nice, clean, clear windows, it's just refreshing. It makes you feel better about your life, I think. Yeah, it totally does. Um, everybody likes it. It's, I mean, it was funny because... We were like, we should probably go clean our windows this last weekend, and we did. And it's like, oh, I can actually see the mountains again. This is nice. <laughs> you, you don't even. A lot of times, you don't even realize it until you clean it, and then you realize, holy cow, this is uh, this is nice. But and you're, I mean, for you, the, the inconvenience is is absolutely there. Imagine for a seventy year old lady or an eighty year old lady, they're not going to go climb up on a ladder and go get their second story windows. But most of them are very pristine and particular about how their home or their residence looks. Um, so really, I think it depends on how inconvenient it is for the homeowner. If they're wanting to teach their 15-year-old son how to work and send him out to clean the windows, then it might not be a great value proposition. But I think a lot of people really value time. Um, and I think uh, the value proposition there is is big. But I also think, generally speaking, it's going to be a middle to upper class target demographic that you're really going after. Most people... Uh, most people in the lower class aren't, aren't really going to be looking for it. So, How much do you think someone would pay for a service like this and how frequently? Yeah. So I know my, uh, I have a friend, uh, they have about an 8,000 square foot home. Uh, they spend 500 bucks twice a summer to do it. It really depends. My last home had 60 windows on it. <laughs> so for a home like that, where you charge per pane, depending on how much you're charging, I think it generally is going to range between 2 to $4 per pane. Um, so if you're charging, you know, $4 per pane and each window has two panes, then that's 480 bucks for my last house. And, but it's, it, I'm sure it's something that can be negotiated. I like, I think they're really good margins just because like Ethan was mentioning, there's really low overhead. Uh, it's really about what, uh, what the cleaner is willing to charge. Uh, just because you're paying for soap, you're paying for a few materials and you're paying, um, you're paying pretty high, uh, workers comp uh, just because it's a more dangerous position. But um, for, for the most part, I think you could charge as low as $1.50 per pain and really make good sense out of the financial end of it. So um, question about 
interiors? Is it just exterior window cleaning? Is it interior? Did you uh, have generally speaking, that? the focus is mostly on exterior, but I think uh, I think there's a lot of window cleaners that do interior as well. They just I think uh, generally it's a little bit cheaper for the inside windows if they want those cleaned. I think that's kind of a standard within the industry. Yeah, it could be a nice upsell. Yeah, I'm gonna clean the outside. Oh, you want to come and clean on the inside so everything's. We'll do a 50% you don't have to do that. Count on the inside if you want or something. So. Yeah. Do you have a sense for how many people are looking for window cleaners in a month, for example? Um, you know, I don't. So my focus would be more about creating the need through a door-to-door sales program. Um, and uh, because it, it's the same thing with pest control. There were a lot of people that were not looking for pest control, but after talking with a gentleman on their doorstep for 10 minutes, they were sold on getting pest control. Um, I, I think it's about creating that need, uh, which I do think. I think if people have enough um, financial stability and if there there is a value placed on on time and conserving that time, then I think uh, I think the market is actually pretty massive just because every house has windows. So, so Chris, would you pay someone to clean your home windows? I guess I would, and it depends on. I'd be especially more likely to do it, honestly, if it, were, if it were a young person coming up and they were trying to make some money over the summer. And I saw that I would say, yeah, I'd be more likely to encourage that type of entrepreneurial spirit. And I think a lot of people, obviously, we're kind of in this uh, in this world and we talk about it a lot, but I think that there are a lot of people who aren't in this world who like to encourage industrious hard work and would be willing to do that. Not so much not not out of pity, but because they they think it's the right thing to do. I think you actually just nailed why this concept I feel like would be so successful. So I think the goal is I mean I'm not going out looking for thirty to forty year old people to go out and sell this door to door. You go get high school kids that say I'm looking to raise money to go to college. You know <laughs> that type of mindset is a door to door person. And they go out and that's, I love this industry because it's very simplistic. I've sold solar, I've sold pest control. There's a lot of companies that sell home automation and security systems door to door. Those are more sophisticated value propositions um, that aren't built for a high schooler or, you know, maybe a, a freshman in college or that type of thing. So I think, I think the goal is you go get some kids, they go around, um, they say, Hi, my name is Jim. Uh, I'm trying to earn money for college. I was wondering if we might be able to come out and clean your windows at some point this next week, right? Most people, they're going to get they're going to get behind the emotional side of that, even if they don't care that much about their windows. Um, I think there's there's a really easy sales opportunity, um, which obviously creates more work on the back end. So, yeah, I think that's really powerful. There was a company that. A lot of my friends were involved with growing up uh, college pro painters, which I think it it's along the same lines, right? A lot of uh, younger people who are looking to earn some money for college and painting is, it's honest work that people can appreciate you, right? You see it as it, as it happens. So this sounds very similar to that. And I, I think, um, yeah, it could work really well. When you talk about market size and, and we talked about kind of creating your own market here. Do you envision this purely as a local business or do you see that potential for it to expand? Um, I think it could be created into a rather large local business. So kind of step number one would be 
going and creating partnerships with window cleaning businesses, people that are just looking for jobs, they they're willing to take them finding out exactly what they're willing to do from a volume perspective and what they would be charging for that work, forming those relationships. And you don't have to hold yourself. I mean, if it's a one man show, that's a company, you don't need to have an exclusive relationship with one window cleaner. Maybe you go and find three or four window cleaners within a market and you form a relationship with all of them. And then you say, we're essentially going to feed you jobs. I need to see your calendar. And then we're going to schedule these for you. This is the rate that you will be paid for each of these. So you form those relationships. Then you go, you do the recruiting on the other side, which I think uh, you go tell if an 18-year-old kid that he can make $20,000 over the course of the summer if he goes out and works pretty decently hard um, without, honestly, a lot of sales skill, just being able to learn how to do the very basics and estimate how much they would need to charge for a job. And then you're you're essentially that person right in the middle that says, okay, um, I'm, I'm just the coordinator here. They send in, you probably have a software doing that, honestly. I, I would think a kid could go out and sell easily if he was going out for six to eight hours a day, sell a thousand dollars worth of window cleaning a day. So you're paying him twenty percent commissions on anything that he brings in. So he's making two hundred bucks a day over the course of a hundred days over the summer. That's twenty thousand bucks as an independent contractor, right? Then your window cleaner, maybe he wants to take fifty percent of the revenue that's coming in from the bid. He's handling. He's got all of the overhead. He's got all of the costs on his side. My goal wouldn't be to get into the actual window cleaning. My goal would be to be the mediator here. Um, so he's taking 50%, kids taking 20%. Uh, that leaves 30% in the middle for being the, uh, the orchestrator and putting everything together. Um, so really, the business would be more focused about recruiting talented kids. Um, it took, now to answer your question, I think that could be something that's scalable across a lot of markets. Uh, it really depends on who you're trying to target. If you're going after high school kids, um, yeah, maybe you do. Maybe you just have a recruiting effort going, you know, from uh, here in Utah, uh, focusing on southern Utah and central Utah and northern Utah, um, just having a little bit of a program to be able to do the recruiting there. The cool thing about it, too, for these kids is it could just be an independent contractor job. So if they don't want to work for a week, great. Like, we're not going to put any time stipulations on you. Um, Whatever you sell is, is yours, though. And uh, that, that allows these kids flexibility. A lot of them want to do sports camps. They want to do other things. Um, but it, at the end of the day, for this type of value proposition, they're the best type of salesman. Putting out a very well-versed salesperson to sell windows isn't, isn't even going to be as effective as an 18-year-old kid that's trying to earn money for college. That makes a lot of sense. And, the, and, and in your model, it's the kids themselves that are, are door-to-door sales are also doing the cleaning at another time. Or is it different? No, you're, you're, okay. you're, you're just connecting them with companies that are professionals that already do this. And then okay. you're just bringing in those leads and then feeding them off. Got it. Yeah. And this, this for me really points at your mindset because I'm revitize. What do you do? You help people manage their, their business, their yeah. clients, their relationships exactly. to sell more, to get more business, to manage that relationship. So I can see it's it's almost like inserting just a similar model into a different industry, which which is a great way to think as an entrepreneur. What do you see as the hard part of this business? It sounds great. It sounds like you can you've got most of the pieces figured out, if not all of them. Where does it get hung up? 
Um, I, I think as long as you're very detail oriented when you're going through the initial phases of making sure that you just have really streamlined systems to pass off, pass off the leads and make sure everybody gets paid appropriately. I think that's really important. If you have the wrong systems there, that could be a bit of a headache. I think recruiting, uh, you, you have to learn how to recruit. Yeah, I think recruiting is the biggest thing. Uh, really, that's your business is you're just learning how to recruit lots of good uh, independent contractors to be able to go out and, and promote. Would you envision someone like yourself who has a lot of door-to-door sales experience? Would you, I'm picturing that person needs to go out with these younger people at first, at least to show them the ropes or or do you think that you can just send them on their own? Such a simple sale. I think you could literally bring a group of people into an office for an hour, do some role plays, just do some very brief training and say, all right, go get them, Tiger. And they would be able to figure it out within a day. Um, with solar, it was not that way. We had a very detailed value proposition. We were putting together financing. We had to understand all the lending aspects. We had to understand, you know, solar itself is pretty complicated, there, there are some door-to-door industries where you have to have a very detailed training program, uh, whereas with this, I do not. I think you just have a weekly meeting once a week just to kind of check in with guys and see how they're doing um, and then offer training and allow people to come in and share their insights from the past week as to what they do and build a little camaraderie there. One thing that comes to mind is there may be a little bit more fear from uh, younger folks about actually going door to door. And you talked about getting over that fear of rejection is one of the most valuable things you can develop. What about selecting for people that you think can get over that hump? Yeah. And I think you do. You have to be, uh, I mean, if if there's a kid that's just completely antisocial, he's obviously not going to be at the top of the list as far as recruiting uh, for something like this. Uh, generally speaking, in the past, I found that kids who have done athletics or have really learned that competitive edge or have proven that they can go out and, and work in adverse conditions and do things in tough situations. Um, and, and when you're dealing with 18-year-old kids, that's not a ton of kids that have been through those types of experiences yet. Most of those kids don't go through those experiences until later on in their lives. And so yeah, it's it partially is. It's about finding the right kids and finding the right groups and and uh, getting them excited about it. I, and if if some of them are scared, you you could hire essentially a manager that goes out with each person their first few days to make sure that they're uh, they're feeling comfortable with everything, it makes it fun and easy and exciting. So I wanted to go back. You had brought up the idea of workers' comp and things like that having to do with washing the windows. And when we were talking about it at that point, my thought was, oh, he's going to employ the young people to go up on the ladders and clean the windows. And I was kind of wanting to bring that up. So that's not happening, which is is great. It makes it a lot easier. So really, you're not employing very many, if any people, maybe an office manager to take calls or something to help coordinate things. But really, these are contractors they're salespeople. They're just representing your business in a sales capacity. And you're not really having to deal with with uh, liabilities and benefits and stuff like that, right? No, nope, absolutely. So you have, you have the uh, window cleaning business that's taking on all of that liability. They're already used to that. They've already done all the groundwork for that. Like I said, you're just the orchestrator. And then you're just putting together a program of independent contractors um, to go out and then promote you can't, I mean, where they're independent contractors, you can't say you need to be out there from eight to five every day. There are some companies that do those types of th- things. Right. 
But you, you just make it, I mean, you make it heavily incentive-based. Once you hit 100 sales, we'll send you on a trip to Hawaii. You know, those types of things get people very excited. We'll give you a bonus once you reach X, X results. And you create, a, you create a program that's highly structured to motivate them and offers good upside with the commissions. And you'll find that, that they'll, they'll find time to get out there and make sales for sure. Yeah. And just to raise people's awareness around this, because even as someone who's in business, you know, I wasn't aware of some of these things until being in, in it for a while. There's issues here with subcontractors versus employees. So some of the comments uh, that he's making are informed and you would have to research this a little bit yourself, yeah. depending on how much information we're able to give you in the episode. But this is one of the details. If you want to call someone a contractor for your business, you can't define their hours. You know, you can't, there's certain things you can and can't do. And my sense is the more that I hear you speak about it, the more you, I can see that you actually understand that and understand just kind of just the basic stipulations you have to, to take in order to say, Hey, listen, you're, you're a salesperson. Listen, if you want to go crazy, you could make a ton of money and you can work as much as you want, but you also are flexible. We're not going to we're not going to tell you you got to come in and go out at a certain time or show up at an office or nope. give you a regular. But we will we will offer you these bonuses, if incentives, yeah, these incentives if you hit these targets. So therefore, it makes sense for you to put in a good effort. Essentially, exactly, exactly. Let's let's come back to something that you had brought up earlier, where uh, you talked about a differentiator for this business, something that that existing companies are lacking. Obviously, this will be local, depending on. Uh, different regions or maybe some companies who are doing SEO better or some of the other aspects of the differentiators you want to talk about. But tell us about what you see as the main differentiator between what we're talking about here and a competitor. Yeah, really, it's just bridging the gap and putting marketing, putting marketing and sales with companies that don't know, don't know that game as well. And they're more focused on the blue collar side of the business. And I, I think most, most people get into this and they start trying to do it themselves. They try and do the sales themselves and then they try to do the cleaning themselves. So they find that they're uh, very mixed in their approach. It's the same thing in any business. I mean, with Revitize, we intentionally have setters and we intentionally have closers because if the closers are focused on setting appointments, um, that really distracts from their ability to hone in and perfect their craft on what they're good at. And uh, you just have to really compartmentalize these things. And so we're not trying to innovate. We're not trying to change the way anything is done. I mean, one cart or one uh, window cleaner is probably going to be just as good as the next. As long as I have clean, shiny windows at the end of the day, I'm happy. Um, and as long as you can perform that job, that's a very simplistic task to be able to do, um, which alleviates a lot of the headaches with this business. But really all we're doing is bridging the gap between how to get this thing sold and how to get it cleaned. This could be a good time to talk a little bit more about Revitize because I would love to hear a little bit more about those sales and marketing yeah. tactics that you would use. And yeah. I know you're in this world day in and day out with Revitize. Perfect. How would you apply some of what you've learned from Revitize to this business? Yes, we actually have a number of window cleaners on the Revitize platform. So Revitize is mainly focused on customer-driven marketing. So once I've actually acquired that customer, now I'm focused on mainly three things. One, can I get that customer reviewing my business? Two, can I get them referring my business? And three, can I get them repeating faster than normal back to my business? Right. Those are the three things. 
So we're not focused on initial acquisition. That would be the door-to-door program, right? Now we've acquired that customer. We've come out, we've cleaned their windows, we've swiped their credit card, uh, they're a paying customer. Um, Well, uh, 67% of purchase decisions are now being affected by online reviews, right? Google being first and foremost. So it's really important to build a strong Google presence uh, because even if I am a door-to-door sales program, a lot of these people before an appointment, they're going to vet you online. They're going to go, they're going to look at reviews, those types of things. So having a really strong presence there is very important. Um, we simplify the process to acquire those reviews. Uh, so we can send them out those invites via text or email. Uh, 98% of texts are read within 10 minutes. So we heavily recommend businesses are sending out uh, review invites via text. So they click on that link. It's going to take them right to Google, right to Facebook, wherever they want the review. We generally recommend until they have 500 reviews, they pound the rock to Google just repeatedly. So we've got that review. Well, the cool thing about Revitize is we're a very omni-channel platform. So I can send out a text. I can send out an email. I can drop a voicemail into the customer's inbox. I can send them a handwritten letter, a pen-written letter on their birthday next year. And all of these things are tied into one sequence. So if I'm a a window cleaner, maybe I send them a review invite right after purchase. And then three days later, I want to let them know about my referral program, right? So we drop another text in. uh, It says, hey, Jim, did you know that uh, we'll give you a $20 gift card if you refer a friend to us? Click the link below. It will track all your referrals for you. And as soon as your referral signs up for an appointment, we'll send you a $20 gift card via text. So they can send out uh, gift cards right through the platform and manage all of those types of interactions and track all of those referrals. Every time a new referral comes in, they get an email as well as a notification. Maybe I want to get the cut. Maybe my average sales cycle for window cleaning is 12 months. Okay. If, if my sales cycle is 12 months, how do I get customers back between six and nine months? That alone will double my revenue, right? That, that's a huge thing that businesses miss out on. It used to be in the 1990s, I'm a carpet cleaner, I clean somebody's carpet, I expect them to call me back in 12 months. Well, that doesn't happen anymore, right? There's five other carpet cleaners that are better at marketing than you that are all going to be trying to take that customer on some type of promotion. A lot of that loyalty is starting to fade. And unless you have communication with your customers, uh, there's, there's no way to make sure that that loyalty is remaining and that they're coming back on a consistent basis. So... Uh, within our platform, uh, you can create promotions. You can drop in a voicemail after you know nine months that says, "Hey, um, it's been nine months since we cleaned your windows. Just wanted to let you know we missed you. If uh, if you give us a call back this week, we'll go ahead and take fifteen percent off on your next uh, cleaning. If you have any questions, give me a call." So we drop. You can do that, or you can send out a digital coupon to get them back faster. Those types of things. But that that continued customer communication. And making sure that they're you're staying top of mind over an extended period of time is what what's going to keep them coming back to you over the long term, and then getting them to review, refer, and and repeat. So basically, the the window company we're starting is going to be a client of Revitize. Absolutely, that's the only, <laughs> that's the only reason I'm talking about it. No, I'm kidding. I, I love that you shared this because it's very clear that you've internalized all of these. Very important concepts. What are the key things that you need to hit on in order to make this business successful? They're just obvious to you, right? Yeah. And you just spouted this off and you're living it every day and, and it shows. Sure. Uh, I kind of, I, I think that it could be valuable to, to even get more granular on a stepwise. Okay. This is someone listening to this podcast. 
what are the steps? What exactly are they going to do right now to get this going? And and again, you know this so well that I think you're going to have to sure. explain yeah. concepts a, a little bit and smaller talks for us. I'll rephrase it to just to say, let's say I had two weeks to get a good start on it yeah. and come back and say, what do you think? How's this looking? Am I going in the right direction? What would you tell me to do? Yeah. So uh, probably, um, I mean, I don't know how much it costs, depending on the state. In Utah, I think it costs 70 bucks to form an LLC. Once you're sold on the idea, go ahead and get your business set up. Um, you're not going to lose much. And it might be that commitment step you need. A lot of people go into the R&D phase and they're like, I need to research this for six months before I go start the business. And in all reality, in six months, you could have a couple hundred thousand in revenue already if you really went after it. So um, taking the first step and actually setting up the business, I think uh, a lot of times is big. I'm not saying that's always the case. Sometimes there needs to be a good amount of research beforehand. But probably then uh, I would go and look, um, well, Actually, the first thing I would do would be to try and uh, research all of the cleaners in my area, find out how much they're charging per pane, uh, what the standard going rate is, <clears throat> what are the different services that they offer. Um, I, I would uh, chat with different window cleaners, find out exactly what their value proposition is, and then um, find out what margins they're looking for. I would talk with them about um, it, what they would be willing to do if they didn't have to do any marketing or acquire that client, if they just went out and were actually performing the job. And then I would talk about volume discounts. So, okay, we'll start here um, with 60% of what you would normally make on a job. We're assuming the 40% for our marketing costs. Well, if we're able to get you more than 10 jobs in a month, would you be willing to take that to 55%? Uh, if we give you more than a hundred in a month, would you be willing to do this? Um, and really leveraging and negotiating a good deal for yourself. Um, so creating those relationships before you've even started the business, maybe create a handful um, and try and find for solar. It was, we needed to go find several installers in each market to find out which installers were best at what. And maybe there were specific situations where we wanted to refer one over the other. Having that leverage and having multiple there allows you to drive more competitive rates. The second thing would be, um, so once you've got those relationships established, okay, now I need to figure out what I'm going to do as far as recruiting. Um, obviously, I need to have something to, to talk about when I go and recruit these people. So I need to figure out compensation plans. Maybe I do a tiered plan where if you, if for your first, you know, 100 sales, you get 18%. Then between 100 and 200, you get 23%. But after anything over 300, you get 30% commissions on your sales. Um, and, and you get these bonuses along the way as well. So trying to create a, a good program there, making sure the psychology mac matches the actual work that's being put in. And then thinking about, okay, who am I going after? Am I going after 18-year-old kids who are just about to go into college? What is the easiest sales pitch here? I think saying I'm trying to raise money for college is a really good one. Um, so maybe getting, you know, those kids that are you know, 17, 18 years old, ready to go out and, and uh, that are hungry, that want to prove themselves, that want to earn some money, that need that money, then trying to leverage them to create a referral network so they get all their friends excited about coming and saying, hey, dude, we can make 20 grand this summer. What are you planning to do? Oh, I was going to work at the snow shack. They only pay seven or nine bucks an hour. 
yeah, you should come try that, you know, creating that type of mentality behind the recruiting side of things. And then just figuring out, okay, what are the systems in place here? How am I actually going to get this on the cleaner schedule? Um, How are we going to pull in these leads? Just creating those types of systems would literally create four to five hours in one day. So this is a business that realistically could be up and running in three days. Uh, You probably want to create a website as well. And you can do that quickly on Wix or Weebly or something like that. And then um, maybe the first week you just go out and sell yourself just to really learn and understand a little bit better the value proposition. But for guys like me and you that are more established into careers, they're probably, we're not going to do as well with this type of sale as some kid that's trying to earn money for college. Okay, great. Yeah, I can tell that, and this is one thing also listeners should be aware of, depending on your own experience. Number one, I, I'm pretty, pretty feeling pretty credible with you when you say the business could be get gotten started in three days. Let me add a couple more weeks just to be realistic. But yeah. I think that... What that is, is from your perspective, because you have, I mean, you started when you were 15, you've got all of this information about how businesses work and get, get running. Yeah. So it's very interesting to hear you think through it and hear how it gets started and hear about what's important to you. So the listener should be aware that at the same time as it may take you a little bit more time than three days, it's also realistic that you can get started quickly. Let me just share some quick insights about one of my past ventures that I started with very limited capital. I, uh, I had a two-week window to start a business. Um, I had committed to coaching basketball, and my previous company that I was working for, they were a great company. However, um, I, I was so sold on going and starting my own business. This company owed me a lot of money still just because I was waiting for um, – for sales to complete. And once those sales would be completed, I was going to be paid the majority of my compensation. Anyway, I left that all on the table and I said, I'm going to go start my own business. I I didn't have any money in my bank account, or I think I had $2,000 in the bank account at the time, $4,500 into a line of credit that only had $10,000 available. And I told my wife, I said, I need to go to Southern Utah and sell for two weeks uh, to get this business started because I'd done the bare necessities. I created a website and formed a partnership with an installer. Um, And over the course of two weeks, I went down and I I made $55,000 of profit, which funded the business, which allowed me to be able to go and um, start. So it really, it comes down to the intrinsic motivation of the entrepreneur that's getting it started. If they want to go out and uh, this is something that literally your startup cost would be under a thousand bucks. I mean, this is something that anybody could go and start if they truly wanted to, um, as long as they have the right systems in place. And you could go out and I mean, if, if you're if you're a decent salesman at this, you could sell a couple thousand dollars a day if you get through enough doors. So just because of the price points. I think that's a, a great place to wrap up here. Richard, thank you so much for sharing this idea. Again, you did a fantastic job of distilling this down to the essentials. A lot of entrepreneurs, when they're starting out, they get caught by shiny object syndrome and thinking about all these different things. So it was incredible to hear you uh, share those timelines and the exact steps that you'd use. I thought that was it was very clear. Also, I would say people get caught overcomplicating things, making them dif- more difficult than they need to be. So Absolutely. 
if I want to start a window cleaning business, I got to research what kind of cleaner to use on the windows or something, right? And that's totally off the mark, but meaning that there's other things you can think about that are, you can relax more, be much simpler, much quicker, much more focused. Yep. This episode was one where we did share an idea that's very accessible to anyone out there. So listeners, please follow through on Richard's advice here. If you're looking to start a business, it's a great way to get started. Take action. Email us at update at runwithit.fm with what you did as a result of this podcast. Everyone who responds will gain access to our private Facebook group of action takers, which you'll be in great company. And one lucky listener will earn a free mentoring session with Richard and potentially a business partnership. Richard, thank you again so much for being on this podcast. Here's your chance to tell us a little bit more about Revitize and plug it. I know we talked about it a lot, but anything you'd like to share? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, Revitize is, we've got clients in 27 industries. So if you've got customers that pay you money, give us a call. Um, you can reach out to our direct line at 385-375-6434, or you can shoot me an email directly at just at richard at revitize.com. Great. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Richard, and looking forward to talking with you soon. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Now it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.